0: Welcome to the Weekly Spiral. You are tuned in to episode 51. Today we have some interesting things to talk about. Um, We're going to start off with a discussion about college football. There's a lot of controversy going on because we may not really have college football this season um so there's differing takes on that and i'm sure there's differing takes within this group as well and we're going to dive into that and and everyone is going to give some feedback there and then we're going to we're going to have a little bit of a fantasy segment we're going to discuss some of our sleepers um some people you want to keep an eye on in your draft so a lot of exciting stuff coming up stay tuned and with me today as usual i have my buddies casey sully and matthew durgan how are you guys doing
1: doing well a little bit bummed that college football might not be happening, but uh, it looks like the NFL is on track, so we're going to at least get some football. We're just going to get a lot of NFL and not a lot of anything else. Yeah, I'm, I'm same with you, Casey.
2: I think I'm going to watch probably more NFL football this year than ever before. i uh, watch every game like three or four times because nothing else to do. But yeah, it's sad for college football, but hopefully we're going to uh, figure something out.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I don't know if I'm going to watch every game three or four times. <laughs> you're going to be an expert on all things football. Uh, if you do that, that's insane. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough situation. Um, you know, there's ups and downs to both, but ultimately I think the, the, you know, the different divisions and uh, conferences, I guess, uh, have the player's health in mind. And, and these are kids at the end of the day. I mean, they're, they're all relatively young. Um, you know you watch you watch the games and i mean they're they're big dudes but they're still you know 18 to 23 at the most i think so uh i'm i'm a little torn on this as well because primarily i think it'll have an impact on next year's draft in the in the nfl and uh player evaluation so i, I don't know i'm i'm not entirely i haven't really made my mind up on how i feel about this but i always err on the side of safety so that's kind of where my head's at. But what are you guys... What are you, what are you thinking as far as college football goes? Um, should they have a season? Should they not? What conferences still have not opted out? So, so far, the big... Of uh, the big conferences,
2: Big Ten, Pac-12 are out. ACC, SEC claim to be in. And Big 12 is the swing vote. If they say no, probably everything is shut down. If they say yes... There'll be some sort of season
1: yeah and and i would just like to point out the uh the high iq of the green bay packers for selecting jordan love knowing that there would probably be no <laughs> college football season and that it would be very difficult to graft a, a raw quarterback talent uh and this year with no film on you know these these one-year risers like joe burrow and stuff like that Um, well great great move by the green bay packers okay calm down calm Um, down i think brian good should probably just be anointed the gm of the year already uh for that pick alone if love plays you guys might have a shot at trevor lawrence so (laughs) that's true
2: that's true
1: (laughs) i don't know well in all seriousness like it is a it is a big thing if college football doesn't happen especially for the draft like we were just talking about like you have these one-year wonders like joe burrow who was an average guy two years ago going into this last year like he was maybe a late day three pick yeah. and he skyrocketed to a, a surefire number one overall pick and uh, in relation to Jordan Love he had a really good sophomore year had a not so great junior year if he plays again if he went back and played and had another really good year sort of like his sophomore year now all of a sudden he's ascended to a guy that the Packers could never hope to get uh, if all things go well if Aaron Rodgers doesn't you know get hurt or something like that. Uh, barring any injury issue, the Packers would never have a shot at, at taking a guy like that. Um, but that story is not very unique to college football in general. There's there's always guys that you know have an average year, and this is their senior year uh, going into their junior year, and this is their chance to prove like, hey, I'm an NFL worthy athlete. Like, this is what my film is showing. Like, people make a lot of money and sh- lives change because of of that. And to think that that may not happen or it may be delayed um, is is unfortunate for a lot of the players. yeah so I first of all must say if a player
2: does not want to play for any safety reasons like absolutely you should not be ridiculed, criticized, shouldn't lose your scholarship shouldn't have to lose any eligibility because like, we all know there is a definite concern playing during this pandemic. But I'm more upset with the presidents, athletic directors, upper management of these universities because they seem to not really care about safety. They just don't want to be responsible. That's all they're doing is pushing off responsibility. They don't want a kid getting uh, COVID and then them getting sued for it. That's what it comes down to because they say, oh, it's a safety thing. But by them pushing the season to the spring... You're asking these kids to play 24 games in 8 to 10 months, which the game of football itself is a very dangerous sport. Everybody knows that. So if you have a shorter time to let your body heal, then you don't care about the safety. So Whenever they say that, Mm. it's a complete lie. I'm not opposed to spring football if it actually happens. I just don't see it happening. It's not a realistic uh, option, in my opinion, because we don't know... Vaccine, hopefully, it's ready. Uh, It seems to be on pace, but who knows how easier we could be able to get to it. Should college kids get it first before healthcare workers or at risk people? I would say no. And I thought the one thing holding it back this season is it seems like you're really depending on a lot of things going right. And so far, nothing has gone right this entire pandemic. Uh, But one thing I think still relying on all this is seeing the players kind of group together. And have their voices be heard. They're at, they started the mm-hmm. we want to play hashtag. And I started by guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Who are probably the two players with absolutely nothing to gain from a season. They're top at worst top five picks. So yep. no matter what the season can end. And Trevor Lawrence by end of the week would be worth tens of millions of dollars. So he yeah. has nothing at all to gain. Yet he's the one pushing. And I think eventually there's going to be some sort of player union. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know who's going to pay them. That's the kind of the bigger issue. But I think these players are finally realizing they have a voice and they can change opinions. They can really put the ball in their court from now on.
0: Sure. Uh, the one thing I'll say, though, just sort of to play devil's advocate a bit, you know, the college football is not the NFL. Um, right. There are way more teams. There are way more players. Um, the players are not getting paid. There's less money, you know. And on top of that, a lot of these universities individually are facing budget crisis, crisis crises. That's the plural crises mm-hmm. uh, due to this pandemic. So they don't have enough money to institute the same safety regulations that the NFL has. Um, and it's a lot easier for the NFL to regulate players that are you know signed under contract and that's their full time job is to play football than it is for uh, all of the universities in, in a conference. Um, and multiple conferences to get on the same page and and keep people safe. So I think, you know, without the necessary funds budgeting to do the same things that the NFL is doing in terms of testing um, and the inability to regulate the individual players and and what they get up to and where they travel to and, um, and all of that, the safest route and really the only thing that they could do is cancel the season if they wanted to protect the players. So, that's that's sort of my counter argument to what you're saying, where the universities and the management may not really care. I think it's it's not that they don't care. It's that they don't have the money to move forward with a season safely. So instead, they are doing the next best thing, which is unfortunately not having a season.
2: You're, you're absolutely correct about the lack of money. I mean, I, I have worked in college athletics. I've seen the financials. Everyone who thinks that majority programs make a ton of money I mean, Alabama is making a lot of money. You have Clemson making a lot of money. But most of these programs are breaking even at the end of the day. So there is a financial issue. But if you're University of Michigan and you can fill a 107,000-person stadium every Saturday, you can find a few boos- boosters to say, hey, we need X amount of money to play this season. And I think they would get it. So Yeah. It's not, I mean, it is a matter of money, but it's more a matter of them not wanting to be blamed at the end of the day.
1: I mean, I think you talk about the boosters, you think about the facilities that some of these universities have, like think of Clemson and Alabama and Michigan and Ohio State and talk about a bubble like mm-hmm. yeah a great way for for college football is a, it's a campus mm-hmm. right it's the athletes themselves are already kind of in a bubble they stay mm-hmm. in the facilities they stay on campus they work out on campus they practice on campus they go to class on campus they stay in their dorms uh they have their own little mini campus separate from the regular student body um so if you if you're trying to do sort of what the nfl is talking about doing is making these mini bubbles and having um, each team be isolated and then meet each other and play the games. Uh, college campuses work great for that, and uh, the athletic departments themselves might be breaking in even, but they also fund almost every other sport yeah. there is. So, like Title IX stuff is going to be all all screwed up, out of whack if football doesn't play. Like it, football funds a lot of other sports, a, a lot of the Olympic sports, uh, baseball in a lot of cases, uh, softball, you know, soccer, all those kind of of, of sports. And um, it's surprising to me that, I mean, we obviously don't know the, the details and what exactly college administrations are talking about doing, but it seems like you're missing out on so much from not playing mm-hmm. the, the game financially and as a, a booster to your other sports and your whole athletic department. It seems like they've got to find some kind of way. And if they need the extra six months to move it to spring, I think that's, that's the best decision to 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 make obviously it puts things a little bit out of whack in conjunction with the the nfl season and the draft and and like you were saying asking players to play you know two seasons within like a year and a half is is kind of ridiculous but um i don't know i feel like there's got to be some kind of solution here it just might take more time to to figure out or i I hope their hope isn't that they're just going to bank on a vaccine coming and that's going to be their saving grace because I, th- I think there's got to be a more concrete plan sort of in the works. Hopefully. And another part about the player
2: safety. So a few players echo this, including Trevor Lawrence. Players are more safe on campus playing football in terms of the pandemic than they are at home. At their house, or yeah. they're living with you know their mothers, their fathers, grandparents, whoever. People who are older are more at risk than these 20-year-old or something fit, for the most part, athletes. And when they're at home, they're not getting tested. If they were to play this season, even with the bare minimum that they can afford, which is, I think, testing twice a week, um, mm. I don't think they're immediate result testing, that's still safer. And the protocols that these universities are going through are perfect, but they're safer. I mean, they're wearing masks, uh, everything's wiped down. It, it, I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's, there's no, I think, right answer at the end of the day. It's going to be one of those things a year from now. We'll look back and see who was right and who was wrong. Um, but it's sad. I mean, I mostly feel bad for the players because, yeah, like I said earlier, some of these guys, is their last chance. I mean, they're yeah. a redshirt senior looking for a chance to play in the NFL and uh, might not get that opportunity. But for the NFL, so, a quick, quick quick point, we talked about this earlier, uh, NFL has a chance to make a lot of money now. They're going to move up games yeah. Saturday. They make a lot more money than they uh, originally anticipated.
0: No. Yeah. And then the other thing to consider, maybe the NCAA institutes something, you know, some sort of something that allows an extension um, for players impacted mm-hmm. by this pandemic so that they can come back and play again. I know it takes a year off their career potentially, but they have another chance to, to play at the collegiate level. Um, these fringe guys that are maybe on the bubble of being sure fired uh, draft picks and maybe late round potential undrafted players. Um, The questions that I would pose then is how much more stock does this put in combine performances and then does this impact the success of the newly acquired XFL uh, from Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Are we going to see a lot of college players who may not necessarily be as excited to be a seventh round pick opt for an opportunity to be a regular starter in the XFL and prove themselves um, if they aren't able to do that at the college level because of this? What, What do you guys think on that? answer question
2: okay okay, go go ahead go ahead
0: all you i'll just talk quickly about the the
1: combine i've heard that they're they're talking about doing two separate combines so there would be one before the season in december and then one after the season concludes so if someone decides to opt out or you know nfl just wants more eyes and see their progress and like oh have you been training for like if you can't bench 225 10 times and you had six months off of just lifting like Maybe that's an indicator that you're not going to be cut out for the NFL kind of deal. But it just gives them more a progress report on where, where guys are as athletes in December. And then you can see where they're at at the end of the year after, after to match the game film, so to speak. Yeah, I mean,
2: I think the Combine is going to be more important than ever before. Especially for guys who don't have much game film out there. But then in terms of uh, the XFL, I think they have a an really unique opportunity here. If they wanted to, they could... Form a bubble situation. They make six to eight teams. They have no playoffs. Just play every team play each other once. Put them in a bubble. Play November to December, and have it just be college seniors or guys who want to clear for the draft. No, and I think a lot of guys would play. I mean, of course, the guys who are top picks, guaranteed, uh, guys like Micah Parsons from uh, Penn State, who last week opted out and cleared for the draft. Like he would, he gains nothing from this. But if you're a third or fourth round pick. I would consider doing yeah. that. And, and, and that's a chance to get a lot of eyes on the product. Make it a lot of, you'd make the $15 million that you paid for it back in that alone. Oh, for
1: sure. For sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would watch it if oh, it yeah. was something that was on. I mean, I found it intriguing previously even. so. And there was a few players that I think got some, mm-hmm. some contracts as a result yeah. of their performance in the XFL. So we'll see. I think uh, it's uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has the the name to kind of build upon and um, and make the XFL a success and I think you're right it's a situation where he may have an influx of talent that may not have otherwise been there um, and they may be more willing to take a chance on the XFL uh, now since they may not have the ability to go to the NFL if they don't have enough college gameplay or whatever it may be Um, but let's move on to fantasy fantasy talk unless you guys have any final thoughts on this that you wanted to well, to uh, chime in,
2: one quick uh, point about The Rock: He's a play at uh, University of Miami, and he was a French player. Yeah, that's right. So he had the first hand experience of knowing how important each year of game film is for your future.
0: For sure. Yeah. yeah, he's been a coach in a few movies. I think too. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got he's, it, he's it, been all, it all. Yeah, he's done it all. He's done it all. He's been a he's been a, I don't know what, what was he in Ballers? I feel like we're living real life Ballers. I, I texted is. you guys it that actually is. Amazing. Talent management. Yeah, it was like an Asian, and then he like was part of a group that bought the Raiders or some shit. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's move on to fantasy and discuss some of our sleepers, some tips that we have. Our resident fantasy expert, Matthew Durgan oh, yeah. wants to drop some knowledge on you. Uh, I'll, we'll start it off with you, Durgan, and then we'll kind of pick it up from there.
2: Yeah, so uh, we're each going to go through a few players who are some sleepers that we have in terms of fantasy uh, for the upcoming season. Uh, I think we each have three. I mean, I have two guys who might not seem like huge sleepers, but they're kind of under the radar, in my opinion. And I have one guy you probably have never heard about unless you're a fan of his team. Uh, But first off, one guy I'm really looking forward to this year is Pittsburgh wide receiver Deontay Johnson. He kind of is lost in the shuffle uh, with Juju and even James Washington being a little more established than he is. But even with the worst quarterback play in the league last year, he had 680 yards and Casey I know you're a big separation guy but he was yeah. in the leaders in the league at 2.4 yards per route he ran. Now he has I don't big it. he has now he has Big Ben back and Big Ben with one arm or half an arm is better than Mason Rudolph or uh Duck Hodges. So I think realistically he could become wide receiver 1 for the Steelers, more likely he'll be wide receiver 2, but he's going to be a stud this year. He's going to be a stud. Yeah. He's going to be great. And last year he played with a tore groin. So yeah, that's a pretty impressive rookie year with an awful quarterback play, not many targets, and being injured.
1: For sure. When I was doing my Juju Smith-Schuster breakdown a, a while ago, um, he routinely popped up more on mm-hmm. film than I felt like Juju did. Uh, he just looked like he had more burst. He was more explosive. He was open more. Um I'm pretty high on him, so I, I like that. And I don't think that's that's a common name that people are thinking yeah. uh, when they think Steelers receivers. They're like, well, it's Juju, and that's sort of it. Yeah. But I think Deontay Johnson's going to be pretty big. So if you can grab that guy, I mean, grab him. He's a
2: borderline. Like ESPN rankings, he's ranked like 98 overall by ESPN. And I'm like, oh, yeah, bump if him up. He's sitting at 98. Yeah, get him. Grab him. If, if he's sitting yeah. at like 75, you have to go get him. Yeah. But uh, I don't, sure. So I like him. Uh, next guy I got here is Devin Singletary. He is the Bills running back. Uh, he's a game guy that most of our listeners will know or heard of. Uh, last year, he split carries with Frank Gore, but now it's really just him. They have Zach Moss, who is the one holdback, I guess, for Singletary because he's a bigger back and will be more of a goal back than um, Singletary will be. But last year, he had 29 catches, and he never really had played in a scenario in college. Uh, at FAU where he was getting many pass attempts, so he showed the possibility that he can catch the ball and he finished 14th last year in broken tackles. And for a small guy, he's not breaking tackles by running over. is by quickness. And Josh Allen is a pretty mobile guy himself. They run a lot of read option. I know you did a video about uh, Josh Allen and the Bulls running game, but they do a lot of kind of creative run concepts. And I think he's gonna be in line for a lot of touches this year um i, I wrote an article about this a few hey two months ago now and i think he had a chance to easily break a thousand yards and my prediction for him is 1200 yards rushing which is a lot but i think this guy is that good
1: yeah i i, I mean i think he might lack a little bit of top end speed mm-hmm. and, and burst but he's he's a physical runner and he's very disciplined so he'll, he'll run with the scheme wants of him he's probably not going to break off any 40 50 yard 60 yard chunks no. but he's going to get the tough yards and he's going to run the scheme correctly so that means he's not going to be at the doghouse and he's one of the few running backs that's clearly rb1 and uh is not going to have to fight off a ton of uh, other running backs. it's not an rb running back by a yeah. committee situation here who's uh, the backups? back up zach moss uh rookie
2: from utah
0: Oh, yeah, that's great then.
2: Yeah, that's exactly. So lo- yeah. Lovely. And, exactly. He, and he averaged 5.1 yards per carry last year. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. That, that's I mean, if yeah, he had enough carries to qualify, that's up there with Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry
1: at the top of the leaderboard. So yeah, he's, Some of the best running backs like Aaron they, Jones. Oh, God.
2: Yeah. You ruined it. You ruined it <laughs> but uh, he, he he's a good player uh and buffalo no matter does matter if the guy Stefan Diggs or not they want to run the ball and they want to run the ball run the ball run the ball and they don't run the ball they want to run it some more
1: yeah so and uh, if you believe in Josh Allen progressing as a passer and Stefan Diggs opening up the passing game that's only going to help there you go Singletary. exactly yep uh, and then my last guy I got here
2: is tight end mm-hmm. from the Carolina Panthers Ian Thomas uh, when I looked at the tight end rankings, quick tip, deep tight end class this year. Don't reach for a tight end. There's plenty of good ones available. Uh, even in rounds 8 through 10, I did a mock draft for my own league uh, two days ago, and there are still a lot of good options available at that point in the draft. But Ian Thomas, he's by default their main tight end. And Teddy Bridgewater, who's our new quarterback, last season had the lowest, let me rephrase this, the fewest yard attempts per attempt. No, no, I'm screwing this all up. Lowest, <laughs> the fewest air yards per attempt. There we right. go at six point two, which means that his passes aren't going deep at all. He's looking short. Yeah. And who's that going to help out? Christian McCaffrey, who obviously wide or running back one in fantasy and in real life and player he, one. Yeah, player one. Just
0: anything. Yeah. And
2: Ian Thomas, who is a guy who doesn't run many deep routes, but he's athletic. And he's a good blocker. So they run that play action, look for him in the fly. He didn't get a lot of touches. We don't know much about their offense coordinator at the NFL level, Joe Brady, as he was at LSU the past years. But what we did see is him be creative with Thaddeus Moss, who was their tight end last year, who is now with the Washington football team. But he lined up in line. He lined up in the slot. And I don't think guys like Robbie Anderson will have a huge effect. He's a new player for them, but he's a deep threat. And Bridgewater can't throw deep. So he didn't look for tight ends. When he played with the Saints this past year, he looked a lot for Kira Cook and uh, Taysom Hill, if you consider him a tight end. But he tried to get them the ball. What he wants to do is get the ball in these guys' hands and let them run. So yeah. uh, Ian Thomas, a huge dark horse, but if you're looking for a tight end two option in the last few rounds, check him out.
0: He could be, you know what he could be? He could be like this season's Mark Andrews. Yeah. Kind of comes out of nowhere, yeah. but becomes a Darren, huge Darren option for that team. Darren Waller, yeah. Darren Waller, same sort of situation for sure, yeah.
2: I mean, Ian Thomas isn't. I mean, he's a young guy, but he's been in the league for two or three years, so he's not like going to come. I mean, the the team knows what they have in him, and they still didn't pick up. They let Greg Olson go, and they still did not pick up any tight ends. So they have confidence in his tape and what he can provide um, for this team. So I'm pretty excited for that one. That's the guy. I think I'm going to. Of these three, that's the guy. I put my money on in terms of having it true from nothing to explosive. I think he had the chance.
1: Boomer bust. Yes. Deep sleeper. Yes. Deep, deep, deep kind of deep, deep sleeper. Yeah. If you hit, you're not going to, there's not a lot of cost here because he's going to be hanging around pretty late, I would yeah. imagine. No, yeah, so. exactly. Yep.
2: And, and I'm also the guy two years ago dropped the George Kittle in like the 12th round yeah. and look what happened. <laughs> so I gotta think for tight ends. There you
1: go. There you go yeah there are a lot of tight ends a lot Uh, of tight ends a lot of guys sort of burst onto the scene that that rookie class that we were talking about Mm -hmm. uh last year fant and hawkinson Hawkinson. and 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 all those guys and (laughs) jay sternberger might be in line for a couple more catches this year in green bay i would call you a homer i would call you a homer but he was also in my sleeper list
2: in my article i wrote i'm a big jay sternberger fan i think he had a chance to be pretty good i feel like
0: honestly like looking at this looking at all the tight ends there's probably like five that you could say are big sleepers that could be legit this season so it's an
1: interesting class i think people are probably going to overdraft rob gronkowski too yes which bumps some
0: some quality guys do
2: do not draft gronk do not draft gronk whatever you do do not draft gronk
0: unless you're in my league 100 percent draft gronk (laughs) (laughs) that's my advice uh casey do you have any you have any sleepers you want to
1: yeah i got some sleepers no tight ends though? though no tight Uh ends Uh, then we're gonna skip you that's all we care about is tight (laughs) ends just kidding
0: go for it go for it
1: Uh, i have a running back jordan howard who disappeared a little bit after leaving chicago he was with the eagles um uh, beat up and uh didn't play a bunch but uh he's now in miami with matt Breida as his only competition or patrick laird Cal oh, Bear, Patrick, Patrick Laird, Laird. Uh, who was getting significant touches at the end of the year last year. How was he? the that because uh, the the Dolphins, were the bad? Dolphins on offense. Yep. Um, <laughs> so he's got uh, he's got competition with Brita in Miami. The offensive line was ranked pretty bad, but I think Jordan Jordan Howard sort of dropped off the radar for a lot a lot of people uh, after um, these last two years, and I think he's going to be hanging around pretty late. So it's another guy that I think has potential to be running back one and get the bulk of the carries. Um, I don't know if Breda. is, you, you probably have good insight on Brita, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he's going to be the guy that can be a bell cow and take a ton of touches. Um, so at worst case scenario, I think he'll split carries, um, which as a sleeper, that's pretty good. If you're, if you're picking up a running back, that's going to get 50% of snaps. Um, late in your draft, that's, that's a solid pick. You're, not, you're probably not going to get a guy that's just going to dominate your league unless you're, you're super lucky or you find that, that diamond in the rough like Kittle or you picked a Darren Waller last year or, or whatever it may be. Um, but I, th- I think Jordan Howard has a good shot of, of producing some pretty good running back numbers for you in fantasy. I mean, I agree. And also, big thing, yeah. uh, four go ahead,
2: go ahead. in four years, three touchdowns on the ground. Matt Breida, yeah. I don't think <laughs> ever got to get snapped within a ten yard line. He's just not. He's not. He's. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. just, he's a small guy. He's small and fast. And then the new offense, whoever quarterback is, I think eventually he's gonna be Tua uh, at some point this season. They'll want to yeah. run, run the ball a lot, and they run that spread system. So it'll be a lot of three tight end, or it's not three receiver, one tight end, and just a one running back. And they'll just pound the rock. I think make life easier for whoever the quarterback is. So I like Jordan Howard. He might not have a huge yard amount, but touchdowns, and like you said, he's only splitting with one guy because Patrick Laird, I mean, that guy's not NFL running back. No offense, Patrick Laird, but he's not at that level. So it's him and Brita, and Breida always gets hurt as well. So I-, I like it. I like that.
0: Yeah, I'm totally on board with this sleeper pick. Um, Durgan echoed exactly what I was going to jump in and mention. Who's going to get the touchdowns mm-hmm. when you're in the five? It's Jordan Howard, 100%. Jordan Howard single-handedly carried the Eagles' run game last season. People forget about it. Uh, a few games, Jordan Howard was absolutely unstoppable. Like, this guy is a number one running back. He's he, he just doesn't get the praise that other number one running backs get. And I don't know that he has been in the same situations that other number ones have been in. But the dude, as far as running the ball, phenomenal. He reads the holes well. He has patience. He's He's big. He's fast enough. He's fast enough um, for a running back. And, dude, I think it's one of the biggest steals of the upcoming fantasy draft. He's ranked 32 of the running back class uh, by ESPN for fantasy. And there's tons of people ahead of him that I would never take before him. So, uh, 100%, if you have a late-round opportunity, I would highly recommend taking a flyer on Jordan Howard because he's being slept on, I think.
1: For sure. For sure. And... uh, Um. Well, I guess it's 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 depends how that that team looks, but um, if they're coming from behind a lot, he he may struggle to get touches because they're they're gonna have to pass the ball. But I think they're gonna be a lot more competitive this year than they were their last year, or more consistently competitive yep. were, were yep. than they were last year. Um, but staying in the great state of Florida, we have the mustached man. It's <laughs> oh, not Durgan. God. No surprise. It's Gardner Minshew, the goat. Okay. Hey, what do you want in a fantasy quarterback? You want a guy that's on. on.
0: Are you going to go through Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones next? What is this? Those those aren't
1: sleepers, okay? Gardner Minshew is a sleeper,
0: all right? Who's thinking like
1: Gardner Minshew is a great quarterback? Uh, You. you, He played very well. He played very well. Uh, But you want a quarterback that's on a bad team. Yes. He's on a bad team. You want a quarterback that has good receivers. He's got some pretty solid receivers. He's got DJ Chark. He's got D.D. Westbrook. Now he has Chenault. Uh, That defense is bad, so they're going to be playing from behind a lot. That means he's going to be throwing a lot. Um, And he also had over 300 yards rushing last year. He struggled with the touchdowns, but if if you imagine you know, he's getting 20 yards on the ground and a a touchdown every three or four games or something, that adds up in fantasy. Um, And on the top of of quarterbacks in general – like, the the tiers are very large. There's I think there's the top two guys, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. And then after that, everyone's really kind of pretty similar, uh, all things considered. Like, Russell Wilson, fantasy-wise, is not that much better than Gardner Minshew. Like, what is he going to get you? Maybe five points more consistently? Uh, and I don't even know that that's going to be all that true. So if you can wait, you know, six extra rounds and get a guy that's only five points worse on average or three or four uh i think that's what you got to do especially at the quarterback position because they're all going to get about 200 to 300 yards they're all going to throw for like two maybe three touchdowns and one interception that's generally the stat line for quarterbacks you just don't want the guys that are going to be super high variance that are going to throw four interceptions and get you negative points on your championship weekend or something like that um so, I think he ticks all the boxes as far as a fantasy quarterback, the, the bad defense, solid offensive weapons, um, and a guy that clearly has talent and played really pretty well last year. And 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 to add on top of that, he has the rushing ability. So, uh, I'm pretty big on him. I'll probably take him. Not to give away my secrets if I play in fantasy leagues with both of you, which you can we probably him. all will. Yeah. Okay. I'll take him. And yeah, he will win the championship. Him. You can have him. He'll win me a championship. I mean,
2: I I was with you until you said um, there's not much difference between him and Wilson in terms of fantasy. But the point you made that's absolutely correct, you want quarterbacks on bad teams. I made a living off of Stafford being my quarterback for years because through three quarters you'd have like four or five points and then down 28 points in the fourth quarter, he's throwing bombs. So you want those kind of guys that – in the fourth quarter are throwing the ball, even if they're not necessarily the most... I mean, in Minshew's case, he's very accurate. But guys like now Joe Burrow, this year, is going to throw a lot of receptions, but he's probably going to throw a lot of touchdowns as well. So you want that chance to, in the fourth quarter to have the chance to throw. Only guy who benefits from running, well, maybe two guys, is Kyler Murray and, of course, Lamar Jackson, and maybe Josh Allen as well. But for the most part, you know, guy kind of like you said, Wilson, the Seattle Seahawks last year weren't, but this year they might be winning a lot in the fourth quarters. So they might be trying to run the ball a lot more. Or a guy like, I'm trying to think who else, Jimmy G. Do not draft him. Mm-hmm. He'll be on a good team. He'll be better than last year, but in the fourth quarter, they'll run the ball until they can't.
1: Yeah, I mean, just for yeah. context, last year Gardner Minshew averaged sixteen points in a fa- per week in fantasy, and Russell Wilson averaged averaged twenty. So he's four points less, but you're going to have to draft Russell Wilson way ahead of sure. where you would draft Gardner Minshew. So oh, if you're talking 100%. about bang for your buck or sleeper, I think it's better to go mm-hmm. with a quarterback like Gardner Minshew or uh, a lower tier or thought of guy uh, just in playing ability in fantasy than you are for reaching for a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson early on in the third or fourth round or something.
0: Yeah. And that's just general fantasy strategy. And, you know, overall you don't, that the variance between a top-tier quarterback in the NFL and a lower-tier quarterback in terms of fantasy points is a lot less than a top-tier wide receiver and a lower-tier wide mm-hmm. receiver, or a top-tier running back that's yeah. getting a bulk of the carries and like somebody who's splitting since there's only like a few bell cows in the league nowadays. But uh, 100%, I don't think you ever draft a quarterback early unless you unless you have the ability to take like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, who's going to carry you and your team, you know, there's no reason to go reach, reach for a, uh, Aaron Rodgers or any of these other top guys, because at the end of the day, like you said, Casey, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna play better and they're gonna get you more points, but the amount more is gonna be less than the opportunity cost of taking, missing out on like a top wide receiver or top running back that would have got you a lot more than the running back you're taking because you had to take Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, Definitely hold out if you can for a quarterback. I mean, there's going to be a lot of later guys. You talk about like Matthew Stafford, uh, Matt Ryan, um, you know, those guys that are going to be after the top 10 or 12 people have picked their starters, There is still going to be these top quality quarterbacks left. So I wouldn't rush just in general fantasy strategy, the quarterback selection personally, but everybody has their own philosophy on that front.
1: Yeah, for sure um so it's whatever flavor you want however you want to draft your team some people value different positions more than than others yeah casey's
0: Uh, gonna take jared goff and gardner Minshew and all this. yeah i'm just gonna i'm gonna gonna hoard all the
1: quarterbacks and then make people trade with me that's what i'm gonna do my my buddy that one year he drafted a
2: breeze (laughs) and rogers back-to-back rounds hoping someone would trade for them and no one ever traded for them (laughs) (laughs) hey no risk it no biscuit (laughs)
1: that's right? right i appreciate the the hustle he tried uh, but to finish off, I got Mohamed Sanu, uh, traded middle of the year last year and never really caught on and, and did very well with the Patriots. Um, but now he's got a full offseason in that uh, McDaniels offense. Um, and they have Cam Newton, who loves to to throw short rhythm throws. Um, I wouldn't have said Muhammad Sanu if it was Jared Stidham uh, at quarterback, but I think Cam Newton adds adds some value for, for Muhammad Sanu. Um, I think he's going to get a lot more receptions. So if you're running PPR or even half-point PPR, uh, I think he's a good pick, and he's got a lot more potential. I think a lot of these guys that uh, have played historically well and then had one bad year, uh, sort of like Jordan Howard or Mohamed Sanu, those are the guys that I usually try to find and look at and because they've sort of fallen off the hype train, and people forget about them, and they drift sort of farther into the into the draft, and you can scoop them up.
2: And one thing I play in favor of Sanu is Cam Newton and his peak years uh, in Carolina through to big receivers. I mean, that, those teams, mm. those guys' receivers were 6'3", 6'4", 220. And yeah. Sanu is 6'2", 210. And Nikhil Harry on the opposite side is 6'4", 6'3". Not as big, but those big receivers is what he likes and is what he used to. Mm. So a guy like Julian Edelman, who's been their top receiver for a long time, Still might get the most yards based on the fact that he's gonna be on the field always, but his impact won't be as great as past years. And guys like Sunu and Harry, Harry, uh, might, based on Cam's past, be what he wants uh, when
1: targeting someone. Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: Yep. Sorry, not so you fin-
1: finish it off for us. Who are I will guys finish you it off for you.
0: About? Um, I got a few. Um, first off, I think. Somebody on the Broncos is going to pop off this this season, whether that's a wide receiver, whether that's a running back, whether that's Noah Fant uh, or Drew Lock. Potentially, it's not going to don't draft it could Drew be Locke. <laughs> it could be Drew Locke. it could be. Uh, but I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. I think he may be the more slept on receiver that gets drafted. Cortland Sutton. I think will be picked a lot higher and will get a lot more attentions from the team's uh, best DBs, and I think that'll open up a lot of opportunity for Jerry Judy, who has all the traits you would want in a receiver um, at the next level, so he's worth taking a shot on if you can if you can uh, draft him. Um, I also think potentially Baker Mayfield might have a bounce-back year and be a decent fantasy quarterback for you. Similar in that Gardner Minshew vein, maybe a little bit more talented, but may um, get you good amount of points that you would want for a quarterback i mean that team has all the talent so again if stefanski can put it together we've had this conversation a few times but baker could be a good fantasy quarterback um and then uh beyond that my final one this is sort of a boomer bust one because there's injury concerns but todd Gurley, if he doesn't get picked early we've seen this guy literally win people leagues in the past mm-hmm. if he's healthy this could be the steal of the draft if, if he's not taken in the first and for some reason he doesn't get hurt and he can play. He is, he is going to be a beast on, on Atlanta. I think there's, there's enough firepower on that offense to open things up for him. And just thinking of a healthy Todd Gurley paired with Julio Jones, that might be the scariest running back wide receiver combo in the league if they're both healthy. So I like taking a flyer on Todd Gurley. It's a risky pick. If he's hurt, could cost you your league. If he's healthy, could win you your league. So, um, That's where I'm going to end things. If you guys have any final thoughts or are you ready to wrap up, uh, let me know.
2: I will say I like the Jerry Judy selection because Drew Locke, I mean, you can hit on him all you want, but one thing he does have is a very strong arm. And their top receiver last year, Cortland Sutton, only averaged about nine yards per target. And Jerry Judy in college averaged 17 yards per catch. So he can do it all. He can go over the middle. He can go deep. I think we want to stretch that defense out. And you have Fant, uh, Sutton, and KJ Hamler working underneath. So I'm a big Jerry Judy guy. And then it comes to Todd Gurley, I would avoid him at all costs, just because I can't (laughs) trust his knee. If if he he was healthy, then yes, I I just can't trust his knee. And that's why it's risky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why it's a risk. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. But he still scares me.
1: Sure. Yeah, fair. He scares me too, but Cyrus convinced me a little bit. I mean, if he's hanging around late and late later than I think he would be, I might scoop him up. Yeah. Especially if he is like one of the last uh bell cow backs, so to speak. Uh I would I I might grab him. If he's sure. if he's eighty percent healthy, then he's a first
2: round pick. But last year he was yeah. at like sixty. So I was like, uh maybe he's at eighty percent and if he's getting chances in that offense, then yeah, he's gonna win you a league.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, might...
0: ESPN has him ranked 18th at the running back position. Oh wow. If you can get him as the 18th selected running yeah, back, I think a chance. Yeah. Un- unreal value in my opinion. Yeah. And like you got might... Joe Mixon, you got a lot of players ahead of him that are in my opinion just as big of a risk but not necessarily for injury. Right.
1: He might be a guy that you want to sell high too. If he starts off the season kind of true. high and gets you points weeks 1 through 3 or 4 and they're like, "Oh, Gurley's back." You can dump him get something good in return and uh he, he might fall off later in the season as that arthritis starts to act up or or anything like that and,
2: and also if you, if you draft him you might want to if you've opened rocker spot due to injury check out his backup Edo smith yeah uh because yeah, you figure you one, one, one of those guys are going to break out or have good year it's going to happen so yeah uh, you might be, yeah it might be riskier but if you can get that insurance then it might be worth it
0: absolutely absolutely that is going to wrap things up here on episode 51 of the weekly spiral thank you so much for sticking with us and tuning in we greatly appreciate it uh check us out our website weeklyspiral.com you can find the latest and greatest in content and please 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 also go to our youtube channel youtube.com slash weekly spiral you guys want to give a quick shout out to anything coming up that people should look out for
1: yeah Xavier howard of the miami dolphins Mm. um very good corner and that might be the best secondary in the league uh, they got Byron mm-hmm. Jones now. They got Xavier Howard. Um, they got a good slot cornerback. So uh, ch- check it out. See how, how elite that secondary can be.
0: Awesome, Durgan. So anything s- on your end?
2: Yeah, some not so fun news about Xavier Howard. He was just placed on the COVID list like half hour before we started recording. Probably has no cool. impact on his long term man long term season.
1: Um, he has had ish- issues with injury as well but when he's on the field
2: but he should be there week one virus or not but he'll be there, he's very he'll be there good. week one uh, i'm doing a scouting report on rashad bateman uh, former minnesota receiver i did it when he just announced he was opting out and that college football was still happening but now that's not happening uh, i will continue to provide some sort of scouting report on all these guys every week
0: Awesome. This has been a Weekly Spiral production, bringing you fresh football every week. Thank you so much for sticking with us, and we look forward to uh, seeing you all for episode 52, the one-year milestone, uh, next week. And we hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, morning, evening, whenever you're listening to this, that it is awesome, and we'll see you next week.